Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, experts, tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tennis Express. Please check them out this week by going to EssentialTennis.com slash Express. Well, thank you very much for joining me on today's episode of the podcast. Really good topic to talk about today, all about keeping your emotions in check and whether or not it's necessary to keep a poker face. And before that, I, I just want to let you all know that I'm going to be in Cincinnati next week. I'm recording this on August 8th, Monday, and I will be in Cincinnati for the ATP slash WTA tour events starting on the 14th, that's Sunday, and I think I'm going to be there through the 18th, which is Thursday. And I'm going to be filming the pros as they're on the practice courts. I can't wait to do that. I'm really pumped for that. I'm going to start putting out a whole bunch of really high-quality slow-motion videos kind of like what Fuzzy Yellow Balls has been doing. So if you're going to be there for the tournament, let me know. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting up with as many of you as I can that listen to the show on a regular basis. Just shoot me an email to ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. Okay, with that, let's go ahead and get down to business, sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right. Sorry, I could not resist using that as the intro music for uh, today's show. Megan, I don't know if you're a Lady Gaga fan, Megan, who uh, submitted the question for today, but if you are, I guess that would be a good fit. But I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of Lady Gaga fans in my audience, but you never know, I guess. (laughs) All right. So, Today's question comes to us from Megan in New Zealand. She's a 4.0 player, and she wrote to me and said, actually, a couple questions, but Megan, we're just going to be covering this one today because I think it's it's an important enough of a topic that I just want to do just a, a standalone show just on this topic. I, I want to make sure that I have enough time to get to everything that I want to talk about having to do with it, and I'm going to save your other two questions for a different show. So here's the the poker face question from Megan. I'm the type of player who is constantly hassled for being a perfectionist, and often because of this, I'm thought to be quite negative and critical. I struggle to keep a poker face when I play, and I'm just wondering about the whole idea of the poker face. Is it okay to get upset with yourself when you make silly errors and just not show that frustration on your face? Or are you just not supposed to get mad at all because that seems near impossible for me to achieve? Okay. Well, Megan, really good question. And this is the the type of topic that you're not going to see a whole lot of information about out there. And so I'm really happy to talk about this. And especially because I think it's a really important topic for recreational players and anybody who just really takes it seriously which I, I know that if you're listening to my voice right now, you you definitely take it much more seriously than your you know your average typical recreational player. Otherwise, you wouldn't be taking the time to to listen to a podcast to try to get advice. And this is a topic that I personally have struggled with a lot, and I, I've talked about it 
you know, very openly throughout many shows as I've been doing the Essential Tennis Podcast. I, I have the same kind of issue, Megan. I just have a perfectionist type mentality and kind of personality when it comes to tennis. I've always taken it very seriously and almost to a fault. And uh, I guess that's the first thing I, I want to talk about, just just for a brief second, because I've talked about it before. Be careful about overdoing it, and and you and you really can overdo it. And I and I know that for me personally, I did overdo it back when I was in college. I was way too hard on myself. And listen, it's good to have high expectations, and it's good to have lofty goals because that's when you're going to work the hardest and you're really going to kind of expect the most out of yourself and that's good but when you expect so much out of yourself that every time you make a mistake you get upset then we start having problems because that is just not realistic you will make mistakes (laughs) and you will make as you said in your question you will make silly errors it's going to happen pretty much every match, several times per match. It's going to happen. So, so you know, I just want to start off my my outline today by just reminding you to please be realistic about it and and be willing to cut yourself a break because you know when you watch the pros on TV, they make mistakes. There's that that whole category in the stats called unforced errors. That means that they just they just screwed up for no fault other than their own, you know, screw up. They just made a mistake and they just missed and they made an error. And so if that's a, a whole category in the stats for the pros, you better believe it's it's a category for us as well, those of us who play recreationally. So uh, there, that's my that's my speech. <laughs> so don't don't be too hard on yourself, Mike. And I want to start off just by simply saying that. Now, the poker face. Let's talk about the the poker face. Is it okay to get upset at yourself? Is that can that be okay? Well, the best answer that I have to that is that it can be. It kind of depends on your personality and how you perform during different emotional states. And I I'm going to split up today's discussion about this into three basic options that you have when it comes to handling adversity. And, and let me, again, just start off by saying you will have to handle adversity out there. Once in a while, you're going, to, you're going to play that match where you're having a really good day. You feel comfortable. You feel confident. The opponent that you're playing is not really much of a challenge. Or, or maybe they're close to your level, but you're, you're just on that day. That's going to happen sometimes. Not very often, but it will happen. The rest of the time that you play tennis, probably the other 90% of the time, plus you need to be prepared to handle adversity in some form or fashion. It could be your own technical mistakes that could be being behind somebody that you weren't expecting to be behind to, that could be an annoyance in your surroundings. It could be an annoyance that your opponent is presenting to you. Your opponent might just be cheating. I mean, it could be any number of things. And when that happens, no matter what the adversity is, there's three main options. The first option is keep it all inside. Keep that just flat, even poker faced poker face no matter how frustrating no no matter how upset you get or want to get 
you just keep that that poker face. And there's a couple of players that are yeah, kind more or less famous for this. Federer didn't used to be this way, but but for the last you know ten years, he's been really good at staying even keel. You'll you'll very rarely see him get frustrated or upset. Sampras, probably most famous for this, very 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 even, almost to you know depending on who, on who you ask, almost to a fault, and not not really you know to a fault in terms of his performance. I mean, this was clearly his personality. When you see him off the court, I mean, this is he's very even, very flat. A lot of people would describe him as boring, <laughs> both on and off the courts. Uh, Bjorn Borg also very very even and steady emotionally. There's just kind of the three probably top people that, that come to most people's minds as far as famous tennis players that are very, very even. And I'm going to list some pros and cons here to keeping it all inside. Pros, you don't encourage your opponent. And this is really a big one. When you show no outward frustrations, whether it be facial expressions or gestures or verbal you know, outbursts, or throwing, you know, throwing your racket. I mean, that's probably the most, you know, outward kind of frustration that you can show. When you don't do any of those things, you don't give your opponent anything to go on. You're not giving them hope by showing them that whatever they're doing is working, right? I mean, if what they're doing is working and you get upset and discouraged and frustrated, that will give them motivation. And so probably the, the biggest pro to, to acting like this emotionally is that you don't give them that satisfaction. You don't give them that emotional benefit of showing them that what they're doing is in fact working against you. The second big pro to this is that it helps keep you level-headed emotionally. And that means that you're going to avoid spiraling out of control and getting really upset and negative at yourself. When you, when you purposefully practice and try to discipline yourself to be as level-headed as possible, then over time, you learn how to, it's kind of a, a discipline, and you, you kind of, you discipline yourself into being more focused, keeping your concentration, and you don't fly in and out of different emotional states, which can really disrupt your ability to perform and really disrupt your ability to compete as best as possible. So those are really the two biggest benefits. You don't encourage your opponents and you keep yourself level-headed by purposefully trying to be this way and having the discipline to maintain an even poker face. Now, there are some cons. Somebody with a lot of natural emotional passion can really feel smothered by this and really feel uh, inhibited and really feel bottled up. And somebody... And, and you know we, we could we could have discussions back and forth about how much of this is natural and not really something we can change about ourselves, and how much of this is I used the word just a second ago discipline. You know, can you really kind of change your natural personality? Some of us are are naturally very even, very cool, very calm. You know, nothing really gets us riled up. And other, others of us are just naturally very outgoing, outgoing, exuberant, very, you know, we, we react emotionally very strongly one way or the other. And we'll kind of swing back and forth. It might be really, really positive emotion, might be really, really negative emotion. 
But regardless, some of us tend to be more outgoing when it comes to that. And somebody, somebody who is naturally more outgoing and more emotionally passionate, this might not work well because they will feel just really, really bottled up and, and basically swallowing it over and over again during a tennis match where there is adversity and you're, you're having kind of disappointments maybe again and again during a certain stretch in a match. It can, it can take somebody like that and really turn their attitude really negative. When they try to just, just swallow it down and just ignore it, it can kind of backfire and really cause just, just a bad negative attitude. Now, in general, the, the keep it all inside method, in my opinion, this is the best option if it's possible. I mean, there's really not any denying the results. If, if you look back over the history of tennis, the players who have been standouts as most successful and kind of most dominant have tended to have this outlook or this personality or this discipline to be able to stay even emotionally. Now, not all of them. There have been some that are very outgoing, some that are the opposite of this. But I would, I would argue that for the most part, the most successful tennis pros have tended to be able to control their emotions very well. Okay, so that's the, the keep it all inside method. Uh, the second one is the let it all out method. <laughs> just kind of wear it all on your sleeve, no matter what, you know, no matter what you're feeling, just, just let it all hang out there. And some professional examples of that would be Safin, McEnroe, John McEnroe, and Jimmy Connors were all players that were well known for just letting their emotions just come out. And they were very outgoing. As a result, they could be very, very entertaining to watch. Or depending on what your preference preferences are, they might have been very annoying to watch. Some people just don't appreciate that very much. You know, it's kind of a subjective thing, obviously. Now, there's pros and cons to this. The pros or the pro, I have one pro, just just letting it flow, no holding back, can be good for some people. Now, the con is that, again, you're just letting it flow, no holding back. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, sometimes this can really backfire. If you allow yourself to to just let everything come out, sometimes that can backfire. And for some of the reasons that we talked about before, it can really give your opponent hope. It can really give your opponent motivation. It can um, cause you to lose your focus and lose your concentration. And it can also kind of spiral and kind of compound on top of itself in terms of having a negative attitude. And, and sometimes it can get, get out of control and kind of self-perpetuate. And before you know it, you're just in a terrible mood and you have a terrible attitude because you've allowed yourself the um, ability to be able to have these outbursts outwardly. Now, this can work, again, this can work for some people, but in my experience, it's very few people. Uh, those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a good amount of time may remember Jason Cole. I had him on the podcast kind of early on several times, and I'd like to have him on again. And he was a teammate of mine in college who this worked for, allowing himself to have outbursts and allowing himself basically to get negative. The, the, the best motivation for Jason was for him to find something to be angry about. <laughs> 
as crazy as that sounds. And again, this doesn't work for most people, but some people it does. And it depends on your personality. I I can vouch for the fact that he played better when he was upset about something. It sharpened his focus, and that's when he really performed his best. Um, for most of you listening, this that will not work. And in fact, I don't recommend that. I, I don't recommend in general that you do this. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not giving my seal of approval. I'm just letting it all fly because for most people, you need at least some restraint in there. Otherwise, you kind of self destruct. And I don't, I don't want that to happen. I, for, for you know, for individual people listening to me, this might work, but. I just want to give a little disclaimer there. It, it probably won't for the vast majority of you. You'll, you'll lose your focus, your concentration, and that negativity will kind of spiral out of control. Okay, so, so that's the second out of three. And the third is basically a hybrid. You, you, you kind of let it out here and there. You have a, a small outburst, but for the most part, you stay level-headed. And that's basically your goal is to stay level-headed unless you kind of get this buildup inside where you need to kind of release and kind of let the pressure valve uh, re- release some steam a little bit. Um, and to be honest, this is how most players are. Very few players, professional or otherwise, can maintain perfect discipline throughout an entire match and not show any negativity or have any kind of outward sign of frustration. Very few people can have the discipline to do that. It's very difficult to do. And so, I mean, I think that in reality, this is probably where most people lie, both professional and otherwise. And by let it out, I mean, that could that could take several different forms. It, it might be an angry yell, you know, like a verbal outburst. It might be a reprimand to yourself, an actual verbal reprimand. I mean, you'll see pros do this all the time where, where they talk to themselves and they, they get frustrated and kind of self-coach themselves a little bit. Again, usually some kind of negative reprimand is what you're saying. Sometimes not. And that kind of brings me to my third example, kind of laughing and shaking your head and just kind of like shrugging it off and being like, wow, that was just a dumb mistake. What was I thinking there? And you literally laugh it off. And that could be in the form of a reprimand as well, just kind of joking with yourself and saying, wow, geez, I you know just hit the back fence on that shot. That was kind of ridiculous. And, and you just kind of laugh it off. Those are all different ways of kind of having a pressure release and allow yourself allow yourself the chance to emotionally vent a little bit. And then your goal should be to go right back to being as even as possible and maintain that as long as possible. Maybe when you have a good day, you're able to stay even throughout the entire match. But other days, maybe you're really, really being challenged by a certain player or by just a certain day and maybe a certain stroke is not working. And so here and there, you you have to let a little bit of emotion out here and there. And I think for a lot of people, that's perfectly fine as long as you remember that it's your goal to rein yourself back in again. Now, I've got pros and cons for this type of response or this type of, I guess, overall strategy, the, the hybrid. The pros are um, you have a goal of being level-headed, but you have a release valve. And also, you can let some frustration out and then refocus. It's basically what I just described. The cons are, if you can't keep on top of it, then 
releasing those emotions can kind of self-perpetuate. And you can, kind of like I was talking about before with the, the let it all out method, before you know it, you can kind of be spiraling out of control. If you allow yourself to have that outburst and then 30 seconds later, you have an outburst again. And before you know it, you're just negative, negative, negative for the, for the rest of the match. And again, that just makes it so difficult to compete for most people. As I mentioned a couple minutes ago, that can work for some people, just being angry and upset. That can motivate some people, but very rarely. And then also under cons, giving those emotional outbursts still gives a boost to your opponents. You know, there's really not any getting away from that. And you know, ultimately, this is why I mentioned that the keeping it inside method, I personally think at the end of the day is still the best. But it's not realistic for everybody. You know, some of us can still perform well when we have outbursts. And I'm going to talk about that in a second, kind of figuring that out for yourself. But when you have that outburst, even when you personally perform better, when you have an outburst here and there, you're still giving that boost to your opponents. You're still letting them know that you are getting frustrated. And whatever just occurred in that last point, your opponent knows that if they can figure out how to recreate that scenario, that situation, or that outcome that you just got upset about, they know, oh, great, I've, I've got them. You know, if, I, if I can make that happen again and again, and I can keep my opponent emotionally angry, I will probably win this match, or at least I have a better chance of winning this match, is what they're thinking. And if you can avoid giving your opponents that emotional boost, then you should. Okay? So this is kind of leading me into my conclusion now. As far as the poker face is concerned, in conclusion, if at all possible, keep yourself even and steady 100%. I mean, I really think this is the best, but in reality, it's not always possible for everybody. (laughs) And I know this from personal experience. I, I tried. And, you know, it's interesting. Everybody's different. In person, I'm very, very even. It's very, very difficult to get me upset. I almost never get, you know, emotionally upset at other people. I'm very, very even and very quiet. Um, but on the courts, for whatever reason, it really brings out the competitiveness in me. It really brings out my perfectionistic nature. And so when I'm competing on the courts, it's very difficult for me to maintain a level head and maintain kind of uh, neutrality in terms of my emotions when things are happening that I don't like. <laughs> when, when things are happening, when I'm going through adversity, it's very hard for me to stay level. And I've, and I've honestly, I have put in honest efforts on many occasions. I've gone out onto the court after maybe the previous match. I, you know, my emotions really got the best of me. I got too negative. I got too down on myself. And my performance really suffered as a result. So the next time I went out for a match, I said, okay, I resolved to stay totally level-headed this match. I'm, gonna t- I'm not going to have any outbursts. Whenever I make a mistake, uh, you know, I'm just I'm going to realize it's part of the game. Everybody makes mistakes. It's just part of it. Yada yada yada. You know, the, just the whole spiel. And I've honestly tried that. And what I described earlier 
happens to me. When I keep everything in and I continue to have adversity, my mood just sours and, and I get more and more negative. And I, and I have, I've gone through matches where I've successfully kept it all inside, but I just get somber <laughs> and I, and my mood just gets worse and worse and worse. And I, and I don't, you know, overtly show it to my opponents, but without some kind of release, uh, emotionally, I just get more and more internally negative. And so I found that, that for myself, if I don't have some kind of release, I don't play at my best performance. Now, you know, could I go through like counseling or sports psychology treatments or, you know, meetings with a psychologist of some kind of, to maybe help this? Possibly. I, I'm not sure, to be totally honest. I, I'm not an expert uh, in this. I, I'm just I'm really j- just trying to help you all through my own experiences and my own observations. But I, I know that for me right now, for my personality, if I don't let it out somehow, and that might not be yelling and screaming and throwing my racket. In all honesty, I do whatever possible to avoid that always. Uh, usually for me these days, it's laughing it off. And it's, I, I literally laugh at myself and, and just kind of joke to myself about how silly of a mistake that was. And I immediately refocus. Uh, for me right now, that's the best balance for myself. Uh, keeping it all inside doesn't work. On the other hand, letting it all out for me does not work. You know, I self-destruct <laughs> for sure. So, so Megan, you know, which one of these is going to work for you? I'm not sure. My, my, my best advice to you is try to stay as level as possible and kind of experiment. The bottom line is that we're looking for the best emotional state in which you are the most focused and in which you are able to keep your concentration the best and in which you ultimately perform the best. I mean, that's always the bottom line, right? We're trying to improve. And so you need to be very aware of what your emotions are like, very aware of how you're allowing yourself to have a release here and there, if that's what works best for you. Uh, It might be any of these three. Uh, Keeping it all inside might be best for you. Based on your question, it sounds like maybe it's not. Um, Letting it all out might be the best for you, but probably not. Some kind of hybrid might be the best for you. Try it out. See what works best in terms of your performance. As soon as your emotions start to get the best of you and your attitude starts to slip, you're no longer able to regain a level head and say, okay, all right, that's, that point's over. Now I need to get ready for the next point. And you're able to stay even keel. As soon as you're not able to do that anymore, you know that you've slipped over the edge and you've gone too far and you need to rein yourself back in again. And the only way to figure this out is through experience. So get out there, play as many matches as you can, try different methods. Um, you know, there's several different ways to just give yourself a release. Do Honestly, you should try to pick the one that is how should I say this? They're the least destructive as possible emotionally. I, I, lo- I personally love the laughing it off method. You know, give yourself a, a little bit of a release there, kind of joke with yourself. I think that's a great way to deal with it and handle it. And then just go right back to being focused and even and ready for that next point and, and maintain that as long as you can. Bottom line, I, I really do believe that you should try to stay even as best as possible. 
but I'm not going to say that everybody can do that. I, I, I know from experience that's not possible, and it's not how everybody performs the best. So, Megan, hopefully that makes sense. Thank you so much for your great question, and I'll get to your second and third question in a, in a future podcast. Can't say for sure which one that'll be, but I will get to it. But thank you for being a listener in New Zealand. If you have any further questions on this, please post them at EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. This will be episode number 182. And that goes for everybody else listening as well. If you have any comments, questions, in fact, you know what? Go go over there and leave which one of the three methods you think works best for you. Maybe you've never thought about this before. And maybe it's something you've never really considered or, or tried different methods in being as focused and sharp as possible mentally and emotionally. But whether you have or have not been cognizant of this before, I'd love to hear what you think is probably your best way to handle adversity. Is it keep it all inside, let it all out, or the hybrid? So let me know. Go to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. Click on episode number 182. Leave me your thoughts and uh, comments, questions, and I'll read some of those at the end of next week's show. So Megan, thanks again and best of luck as you continue to try to find your best way to compete emotionally. All right, that does it for episode number 182 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Again, if you're going to be at Cincinnati during the ATP and WTA tournaments, definitely let me know, ian at essentialtennis.com. And in wrapping up today's episode, I'd like to read two different comments from last week's show, number 182, about struggling against weaker players. First from Roger. Ian, I played last night with one of my weekly regulars whom I always beat, but that wasn't the case this time. I took him for granted and went in with the attitude, I'm going to win this easily as usual. I had him up 4-1 and then things started to turn around for my opponent and I got beat 4-6. I'm typically the stronger player and in the back of my mind, I wasn't respecting his abilities. Then I thought about your podcast on this subject. Keep up the awesome podcasts. This is an eye-opener, and I'm not going to disrespect anyone on the court again. <laughs> All right, Roger, I hope so. And yeah, that was a, a big point that I made in last week's show. There's not only the technique element of beating somebody, but there, there's the mental and emotional side of it as well. And way too often, we go out on the court against somebody who we don't respect we don't we don't perceive them as being quote unquote as good as us and so we kind of take it for granted and we get lazy and lackadaisical emotionally and, and mentally and tactically and before we know it we're behind or even we've lost the match so great to hear that that show is helpful for you i i hope that you don't make that mistake again roger and then uh, also from Gavin S. In the podcast, you mentioned the technique for finishing short balls. Any technique suggestions on doing this? I find that if I hammer the ball, it goes long. But if I hit a lot of topspin, I don't quite hit enough uh, through the court when I approach the, approach the net, which leaves me exposed. Yeah, Gavin, you definitely want to balance those two things out. You, you want to have enough pace on the ball that it travels through the court quickly and you're able to keep your opponent on the defense. Uh, but on the other hand, if you don't hit with any topspin and you, as you put it, just hammer it, then it's going to be very 
low percentage and very difficult to keep in play. So you definitely want a good balance between the drive and the spin uh, of the shot. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go over the details of that now, but if you go check out episode number 98 of the Essential Tennis Podcast, it focuses completely on how to handle this shot and completely on the technique of dealing with short shots. And that's really important. When we play somebody who really is weaker than us, very often over and over again, we get those weak, short sitters. And if you don't know how to confidently deal with those and hit an offensive shot reliably, then this type of opponent can very quickly become somebody who's difficult to beat, even though you're telling yourself, I'm better. (laughs) But they might be able to beat you anyway if you can't deal with this type of shot. So go check out episode number 98. That'll give you a very, very detailed overview of what you're looking for. So uh, Roger and Gavin, thank you both for leaving your comments. A bunch of other people did as well. Thank, Thank you to everybody who left comments for last week's show. And if you have any comments or questions about this week's show, please leave them at EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. So until next week, take care and good luck with your tennis.